Every week we do a Q&A with interesting and accomplished members of the adaptive community to find how they persevered, how they innovated, how they built communities, and how they found solutions. Welcome to the Name Tags Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Name Tags Chat Podcast, where we talk with interesting and accomplished members of the adaptive community. Today, we have a really big treat for you. We have Hoda Elsporgi, who is the first woman of wheelchair racing from Egypt. She has left Egypt to come train here in the US. She has a bright pink chair. She has huge dreams. She has come to the US through our very good friend, Carlos Molina. And we are excited to learn exactly why she decided to come to the US and where things are going to go. So Hoda, thank you so much for visiting with us. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. This is so cool to see you and just so cool to understand that you were somebody who who started with a dream and made that dream a reality. I mean, that's there were a lot of obstacles to get from because you said that women really didn't race wheelchairs. Yeah. In, in Egypt, right? So you were yes. dodging traffic. Yeah. I mean, I I saw a uh, I saw one of the wheelchairs that you had. You had like a knobby front wheel, you know, like an off road front wheel. So yeah. that couldn't have been very light. And how did this how did this happen that you decided? Because you said it was you saw wheelchair racing for the first time. Where did you see wheelchair racing, and what did that do to you? Yeah. So in 2016, I was watching television. And I watched wheelchair racing for the first time. And I haven't heard about this sport before. I haven't ever seen it. So immediately I recognized this is my true passion to be in racing. Immediately I asked people in Cairo, how can I start this sport? Because I fell in love with it. I want to go fast, as fast as those girls. Because the first champion I saw in television was Tatiana McFadden. And I'm inspired by her strengths, and I want to do the same. So I fell in love with this sport. I, so I asked people around me, how can I start wheelchair racing here? So they told me there is no women for wheelchair racing in Egypt. There is no proper equipment. There is no specialized trainer. So when I heard all of these challenges, I fell in love with it because I love to do the impossible, possible. So I started my journey and then I started to customize my wheelchair and everything started from there. Yeah. The more they said no, the more that they said yes. The more the, really? Yeah. Have you always been that way? Yeah, I love that. And also, you know, some, some challenge I have to face that uh, Everything I found out about wheelchair racing in English and the sport has to be learned in English and we don't have a specialized coach to coach me. And at that time, I didn't know any English. So right away, I started to take English classes so I can understand the champions on YouTube and to know more about the sport. I started from there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, these are so many reasons for so many people to stop. And the more reasons you get, the more you keep pushing forward. Where did you learn English? Was this at college? Was this online? How did you learn English? I took some English classes after I found out about wheelchair racing in some classes, because when I found out about wheelchair racing, I already finished my college. So I started to take, to take some classes online and take some classes offline. And I was practicing a lot with people so I can speak because I didn't know any English. So, and I want to improve as I made the effort so I can speak. I'm assuming that these English classes were not teaching you about hand rims no. and compensators no, <laughs> and camber and, you know, 
And so, uh, so you learned English in order to get started, but then there was so much you had to learn that was specific for the sport too. Exactly. I faced a lot of challenge in this stuff. Also, when I was learning how to push the chair and I asked some people online how to push the chair and they told me there is four phases for the stroke and you need to make a good con contact with your finger and your index and you need to supplement, uh, supplement your hand. And I didn't know how to supplement my hand. I didn't know the meaning of this in English. I, I don't know. So I would go to any physical therapy because I thought she had, she knows these motions and she can teach me how can I do this stuff? Because even when they taught me English, I didn't know the meaning of these words. So I would go to another one who in the medicine school or something like that to teach me this motion so I can apply this when I go on the road or on the track. Which was probably brand new for the therapist and for the doctor. And then you're watching some on YouTube as well, right? To get the visual interpretation. Yeah, so. And you were able to put it all together. Yeah, exactly. This is what I did exactly because when I asked her to explain this motion for me, she told me, I don't know what you mean. I know that the motion, but so I would get the video and I told it, see, just focus on this stroke. And see, the coach told me to do supplement your hand. So focus on this video and you will see what I want. And you can teach me how can I put my hand on the hand ring. So we had a hard time, <laughs> know each phase, how it worked. But finally, I now I understood. So you've broken it down into its individual elements and then effectively translated it. Yes, right. And gotten a medical interpretation. So, yeah. so, so how is your stroke? It's, it's good now. My stroke is good now. <laughs> yeah, yes. And when I learn anything, uh, I just would take a video of me on the road and I ask people who were working by to take a video of me. And then I send it to Coach Marty to evaluate it and send me his feedback so I can get better. And he can tell me if I'm doing right or wrong stuff like that and coach marty is marty morse who has been a huge trailblazer in the wheelchair racing world and, and certainly as far as stroke is concerned and doing what's called the the para backhand which has been you know uh, modified slightly now that we're going to hard gloves as opposed to sort of the soft gloves of the past but looking at one power output and two or actually probably I don't know if they're if they're if they're one and one a but power output and then also health because it is a repetitive motion and you don't want to put yourself at risk by doing something that is supposed to make you more healthy but you also you had to go to somebody to help you build your wheelchair when you were in Egypt yeah. So, so kind of taking a visual and trying to get a wheelchair to actually fit you in a wheelchair, really a racing wheelchair fits almost as tightly as your jeans do. Like it's, it is, there's not a lot of room for error because it is aluminum that fits as tightly as your jeans. And then you also had to get your, your gloves built yes. so that you could propel the chair. How did you source the people to be able to do this specific kind of job? Yeah, I just like kept asking and trying. I asked a lot of people to help me and build the chair. And I just would show them the chair I want to start racing. And some people told me, no, we can't build this chair for you. So I traveled to Cairo, which is three hours from where I live. And I asked someone there, he also a wheelchair user. And I show him the video and the picture that I need. And he told me, yes, I, uh, I have one old one here and the, you can try it. So he, he customized something in this chair so I can use it because it, it wasn't perfectly good to use. And he started to customize and add things, remove things until he got it 
as as it is. And then I started, I was ready to go to start my journey in racing, but I found out also that I need to have a specific gloves, not the regular gloves. And we don't have this proper equipment in Egypt. So I went to my best friend, she does homemade things. And I show her some images and, uh, and videos on YouTube. And we made the effort to try to do gloves like what we see online and then we we try to keep it straightforward so I can so it's a good to start like it wasn't perfect but it was a good start for me so I can start racing and then I started running but also after I got the chair and the gloves I had to find a place to train on I live in a small village and the roads are not paved uh, so it's not asphalt so, and we don't have also track. So I had to make the decision to, to move away to the city uh, so I can train on the road and on the track and at the gym. So I moved away and I become very independent. I worked as a cashier in a grocery store to support myself. And my family is very supportive for me and they always encourage me to keep training and they always by my side. So they were supportive, but were they were they protective? Were they nervous about yeah. you going out on your own? Did you have the pink chair at this time? Was your chair pink or is that now? No, no, no. not now. Now I have the, the red chair, the first one, the very basic wheelchair. Yeah, my family was afraid for me and they saw this is a big decision that you will live alone. Because in my village, when you live alone, it's not something usual, like you need to, to, to be in college or something big so you can live alone. So I, I finished my college, but I tried to talk to them that I, I really love wheelchair racing and there is no way for me to train in the village and I want to go. So they supported me. They always, they support me in my journey for sports. They support me. They accept it. Which is amazing. So you've, You've gone out on your own. You've found a way to get a wheelchair that works, to yeah. build some gloves that work. And then you're out on the busy roads trying not to get run over. Yeah. And people think that you're a beggar, that you're not racing. <laughs> yeah. But that you're but that you're a beggar. So the idea when you saw Tatiana McFadden race for the first time, you got captivated. By yeah. the race, but I would imagine that so many of these other things are part of why you're racing, right? Is the idea of of you want to go fast. That was the first part. But you want people to think you're an athlete and you're yes. not a beggar. Yeah. How does all of this stuff come together effectively in your passion and your purpose? to be a racer and how's it's driving you forward? Uh, so, you know, when I was eight months old, I received a polio vaccination and the vaccine was expired and it left me completely paralyzed. And my parents were told that my life is over and I need to stay at home for the rest of my life. I, I will not have a future because I am disabled, but they didn't listen to anyone. As a, for the next 16 years of my life, I went through 13 separate surgeries uh, to try to restore some of my mobility. And then I was able to try to walk and stand with my crutches. And as I'm getting older, I found it difficult to interact with people. They always treat me as a weak person. They, they believe that I need help all the time. They feel sorry for me. They look at me with pity. And they talk to me that I don't have education college. So all of that frustrating for me. And I want to prove them wrong you know, because I'm strong, but they, they couldn't see that. They just see that people with disability are helpless. So as I'm getting, as I'm getting older, I, it fit fire inside me to prove people wrong. They, because we are capable of doing everything. 
yes, we are disabled and that's okay. I, I still can be a successful person as anyone else. So this like this drove me to prove them wrong. But when I started wheelchair racing and I saw them also treat me as a beggar, I, I use this to fuel my drive. Like I use this pain to fuel my drive to, to keep forward, to keep pushing, to prove them that this person with disability, like he will accomplish great things. He will do the impossible. So these things like affected me at the beginning, but as I'm here, as I'm going forward and keep pushing, I like, I wanna prove them wrong. They, I will reach my goal. Whatever it takes, I will reach my goal. Yeah, this fuel my drive. Is this what you say to yourself when you're in the middle of a workout? Yeah. And, and it gets really hard and you want to stop or you want to slow down? It, it's like, yeah, I slow down for a little bit because um, every day they come to me and they treat me as a beggar. And, uh, and then I decided to, to talk to them, to teach them what I'm doing. So, because they, I think they don't have the knowledge about this sport. And this is the first time for them to see wheelchair racing in Egypt. So they thought this way. So I started to teach them about the sport and spread awareness about wheelchair racing. And after that, the same, the same people see me on the on the road and they encourage me because now they know this is a sport. I am I am an athlete, not a beggar. So every time when I see new people, I have to stop and to explain what I'm doing so they don't treat me as a beggar. I don't like that. Yeah. No, but it's also amazing that you've stopped and you've taken the time to educate them. Yes. Because sometimes it can be that we want to feel like we want people to see us for who we think we are, mm -hmm. and they don't see us for who we think we are. But you've taken that next step to not only give them an image of who you are, but to educate them. And you've developed fans. Yes. So you're already affecting a change as you continue to get better. So, so now, now you're in the U.S. and we'll have to talk about that. But as you, as you continue to get better, how do you remember that those early stages that, that when they thought that you were a beggar or that there couldn't be any other possible future as things get better for you? Are you able to continue to remember how things were in that moment? Because it's probably still the case for yeah. a lot of other people. Yes. Yeah, I still remember these times. And I, if, I, if I would go back, I would do the same. I will stop and educate them and spread awareness about wheelchair racing. So if, if any people like come after me to do the same sport. So people have the knowledge so they can treat them as an athlete, not as a beggar. So I am trying to spread awareness about this sport. Yeah. So you started racing in Egypt and, and there you were the only woman. So you ended up having to race with the men and yeah. then you ended up beating all of the men. Is that when you decided to come to the U.S.? How did the decision happen to come to the U.S.? Yeah, it's a long process. Uh, so when I started racing, I kept the training for two years with a very basic wheelchair and the old glove. So, and I, I joined the national competition in 2018 for the first time as, a, as the only woman wheelchair racer competing against men. At that time, I got second place in the 1500 meters and third place in the 800 meters. So I was happy that I, I could place against men. And after the competition, I was thinking, how can I have a racing wheelchair from top end? Because I am always watching, I always watch YouTube videos about the champion and I know all of them have this brand. So I need to go faster because my goal is to, 
is to be at the Paralympics at, or in the world champion. So I want a chair to help me go that fast. But I didn't know how can I get it because we don't have in Egypt. So after this competition, I contacted a company in London called Motivation Motivational Sport. Yeah, I was just curious to know how much does it cost to have this racing chair. Just a curiosity to see, how, is it expensive? But how can I get it to Egypt? Like that, just to know. So as we have been communicating, uh, this company noticed how passionate I am about this sport and how expensive the chair. So they needed to help me and advise me. So they advised me to apply for a grant from the Challenge Athletes Foundation. And they told me this foundation can help you get a racing chair from top end. And everything has started when I submitted that application from the Challenge Athletes Foundation. So I got accepted uh, to get a new racing wheelchair. And the whole grant was intended to offer the chair and deliver it to Egypt. And I was responsible to pay the shipping cost. And I was so happy with that, they, that I will have a racing chair from top end. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't apply to travel to America. I just applied to get the racing chair. But one of my dreams is to travel, but I don't know how. I, I just like going step by step, first to get the chair from top end, and then I will figure out the next step. But I'm just putting one, front, one, one foot in front of the other so I can get better and build up this way. And um, after I, I got accepted from this grant, and CAF introduced me to coach Carlos Molida who asked for my measurements to, to fit the chair. For the first time, I, I was being fitted for a chair. Uh, but, you know, after I talked to Coach Carlos, I, I Googled his name. I know I just want to see him. I so to know if he, if he knows about training for wheelchair racing or stuff like that. I just want to find out if he can help me with my training. He took my measurements, but I need to find out more if he can have the experience to help me with that. I was I, I, I kind of shy to ask him when he took my measurements. So I Googled his name and uh, I surprised, like I found out many videos of him doing wheelchair racing. So right away, I asked him, could you please help me with my training? because all of the training, uh, I have all the training information I have by my own research and I have big dreams and I'm the only one here and I need your help with training just online, remotely. So the next day, it was a surprise when he inquired about my age and he invited me to travel to the US to train with him in person. You know, this was the best day of my life. I was so overcome with emotion. Like I couldn't stop crying from happiness that he, I will travel and train with the actual coach in person to, to like to teach me how to push the chair and to see him, to talk to him. Like it was unreal. Like I can't describe my feeling at that time. It was amazing, yeah. And, and Carlos is a superstar athlete. I mean, as a wheelchair racer, as a triathlete, but he also is somebody who knows so much about the equipment, is just great at putting the equipment together and the technique and has a similar kind of enthusiasm and passion yeah. for the sport and for people that yeah. you do. So so he said, you need to come to the, to the US and train with me how did that all work? Egypt to the U.S., it's, it's a long way. It's no problem for me to go one month trip. It's okay for me, but I want to travel. This is not a problem at all. He invited me and he told me, like, CF will cover the cost of your trip and everything. So if, I, if the trip for one month or two months, that's okay. I can stay in the plane for 
whatever it takes to get there. How many plane rides had you taken prior to this? Two planes. Two plane rides prior to this. Yeah. yeah. So I was so happy and uh, I couldn't speak English at that time when I met him. Yeah, he, like I, I remember him when I saw him for the first time, he told me, I remember this question, but after I learned English, I remember the question he told me, did you sleep well? I told him, hmm? he told him, did you sleep well? Yes, I slept well. <laughs> yeah, so, but you know, everything has changed drastically when I met him in 2019. He turned on the light. When everything was dark, he turned on the light. He, he gave me hope and encouragement. Who lights? Yeah, Coach Carlos, who is the one who lights my way? You know, when everyone told me my dream couldn't come true, he had faith in me. So I am forever grateful to have him for everything he has done for me and to continue to do. Yeah. Well, I think he sees himself in you as well, because he was a guy who came came from Brazil and worked in restaurants and, you know, was a dishwasher and said he was going to be the best dishwasher ever and kept working his way up. I mean, we talked about it before we came on that he had tried to join the SEALs and didn't know how to swim when he first tried to join the SEALs, which I think is probably, you know, a good idea to know how to swim before you join the SEALs, but he went back and taught himself how to swim and then yeah. not only joined the class, but then but then graduated as a SEAL, made the graduation class. And it was just, it's amazing. So, so the two of you, it seems like you work really, really well yeah. together. Yes. When you came for that period of time, did you then say, I, I need to move to the US or? Yes. You did. Okay, how yeah. did that work? I was crying when I was going back. No, I won't stay here. <laughs> Everything is different here. Like the coaching are encouraging. The environment is unbelievable. Like I was, I saw wheelchair racer like me. Uh, in Egypt, I was practice alone all the time. No one around here. But here, everything is is available. You just have to work hard, and you will succeed. And there I have to figure everything by myself. So I want to stay here. I want to stay here to train until I achieve my goal. But there was no way for me to stay. I had to go back to Egypt. You had to go back to Egypt. And so then you went back to Egypt and you talked to your family and said, I am going to return to the U.S. How did yeah, that all, conversation go? All, all the day, like every day since I returned back from the U.S., every day, everybody in, in my family knows that Hoda wants to return to America. But she, like at that time, I couldn't find my way to come back. So I, I kept asking and learning about the sport and hoping that I return back one day. But I don't know how, because I have visitor visa and I'm just, I don't know where I should go or... I don't know anything, but all what I know is that I, I want to go America to train there until I achieve my dream, because this is a place that will help me and reach my goal. So I kept trying, trying, trying uh, for three years. But uh, after, like, as I continued to learn about the sport, I found out about University of Illinois. And uh, I found this is the best place for the for wheelchair racing to train. So I became very interested to train at University of Illinois. But I don't know how also, but I kept dreaming, dreaming and learning how can I get here. So in 2021, I started to send numerous messages to so many people on Facebook to ask just I want to train at University of Illinois. What should I do? Just and for people, I, even I didn't know. I just, because, you know, when I started wheelchair racing, I never stopped looking for this sport practitioners on Facebook to see how they train, how they, to, to follow them, to see everything about them. So I started to send messages to ask them about um, how can I train here? And some of them was Coach Marty Morse. And I found out that he is head the former head coach at University of Illinois. I didn't know that when I sent him the message. 
I found out that after, as we have been communicating, I found out that he is the former head coach at the university. And so yeah. Carlos hadn't connected you with Marty. You, you just reached out to Marty on your own. I reached to him on my own, but after I reached to him, he told me that Coach Carlos talked to him about me. But I reached to him first, like without me knowing that Coach Carlos was connecting us, you know? Yeah, but I reached to him by my own, by those messages that I throw it every way to see how can I get here. Yeah, and since then, he started to coach me remotely um, when I was in Egypt, Coach Marley. How did you, how did you get yourself to, to write all these messages to all of these people? That can be a huge barrier for so many people that, oh, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to invade their privacy. I don't want to do, you know, whatever. I mean, there's so many reasons why you can't. You're certainly someone who the more somebody tells you you can't, the more you believe that you're going to. Is that part of what happened with sending messages to all of these people looking for the the right avenue to, yes. to have somebody help you achieve your dreams? Exactly. This is what I was thinking about, to just send a message. If the, if the person doesn't like my message, he will not respond. And this is will not hurt me. It's okay. I'm just sending messages every way. So like maybe someone will respond and help me. And this is what had happened. You know, when I started also wheelchair racing, I sent numerous messages to so many athletes around the world to share my ambition and ask them to help me with my training. And some of them responded my message, which is, oh, uh, his name called Richard Chiasro from London. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah he, he sent me, uh, training advice, which I'm extremely grateful for him. He assisted me at the beginning and he sent me a lot of training information. Also, Katie Abron from Canada, she mentored me for one year and a half and she helped me with my training too. So those people, I didn't know anything about them. I just sent messages. Some people answer my message, some people know. And this is what I, was, I have been doing <laughs> through my journey in sport. And, and wheelchair racing. And what did you tell them about your dream? Because it sounds like your dream is bigger than just being a racer, than just going fast, right? Yeah, I just want to represent Egypt and the Paralympic Games as the first Egyptian woman in wheelchair racing. Also, I want to win all the Abbott World Marathon majors yeah, it sounds like a big dream, but just to eat, we work hard and dream big, right? And, and then I, because in doing so, I will be the first Egyptian woman who complete a full marathon as a wheelchair athlete. The longest distance in Egypt for wheelchair racing is, is just 5K, three, three miles. So I want to, to show that, that we are capable of doing a full marathon. Uh, also, I want to, my ultimate goal is to change Egypt. I want to do in Egypt what Dr. Tim Nugent did in the USA when he formed programs to provide wheelchair access for people with disability. He is the one who changed, like, changed the world for people with disability. He, he made everything access, accessible for them. So I want to... I use wheelchair racing to develop my voice so I can change Egypt for people like me in my home country. Now, I, my voice is not heard as, as it should be when I'm a world champion or winning the Abbott World Marathon Majors. So I will, be, I will have a voice to change my country for people with disability. So those are my dreams. And also I wanted to be the first coach in the Paralympic sport of wheelchair racing and study kinesiology here at Parkland. Um, unfortunately, physical education programs are not available in Egypt for people with disability. So one requirement is to have to go through a physical test. And if the applicant has any sort of disability, they automatically rejected. 
So I wanna take the first step and make this change and make it a reality for those people. When I complete my education here, I wanna go back and open this area of higher education for people like me. I just wanna provide them to bring those opportunities that I live now here in the US for those people there in Egypt so they can live a fully life. They can, when you give them those opportunities, they wouldn't be limited, you know? So these are my dreams that I, I, I understand they are, I have big dreams and it will take a lot to achieve, but I am dedicated to making this happen. Now I am in the US. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, I started from scratch and now I'm in the US training at the best place in the world with best coach, with best athletes. Like, so I am close to achieve all of that. The, the only thing I have to beg to differ with, with what you said, is that you said you don't have a voice now, that you need to be a world champion, that you need to win the Abbott majors. You do have a voice now. And, and that voice is something that the people that you come in contact with are, are impacted by that voice, are impacted by your voice, are not even impacted, they, they are raised up by your voice and your passion and your desire not only to go fast and win the Abbott ma majors. So, I mean, you're talking about Boston, Chicago, New York, Tokyo, Berlin, and London, right? So these are these are some serious races. But but you are you you are already starting that your your voice will continue to grow and will continue to get bigger. But and then you'll also impact other people. But you do have a voice and the boldness that you've shown in in boldness and 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 uh, optimism. I think in a lot of ways, the people that have reacted to you has really been as a result of your voice. So, so it's not that you don't have a voice, your voice is going to continue to grow, but keep the voice that you have because it's really develop. captivating. Yeah, I will, I will continue to develop that voice to change uh, Egypt for people with disability, yeah. Yes, I think that you are going to do an absolutely great job at that. Now you recently, so you were saying 5K is the longest race in Egypt. Yeah. You you just recently did did a race that was a little bit longer than yeah. 5K, right? 21K? Yeah, 21K. Yeah. I, I was happy, so happy when I did that. And uh, it was a great opportunity to race with great, athlete, great athletes who has a similar passion as me. And I've got to learn a lot from them and they always help me to get better. So, and after this half marathon, I wanted to do it more and more. I want to get better. And my, first, my, second, my next step would be doing full marathon. All of that. Where was the half marathon? The half marathon, where? Where was it? Yes. And here in Illinois, in Champaign. So it was in Champaign. The half marathon was here. Okay. Yeah. And I have another half marathon in Chicago next month. Okay, another half marathon in Chicago next month. And then have you decided where you will do your first marathon? Yeah, I decided we'll be in Chicago. Also. In Chicago. Okay, so do the Chicago marathon in, in October. Exactly. Very nice. So what is the difference because you, know, you said that that being in Egypt, you were often you were training by yourself. People didn't necessarily understand what you were doing when you were training. Now you're coming into a an, an environment where it's it's scientifically based training, where you're getting to train alongside some of the best people in the world. But at the same time, is it is it the first time that you've really had peers mm -hmm. who are yeah. like you. Yeah, this is a, like, I have been training for seven years in wheelchair racing alone with no coach, no teammates. This is my first time to be part of a great world champion and to have them with me in person and to have coach Adam with me guiding me through the training. 
this is something I just was dreaming when I was in Egypt. Every day when I was in Egypt, I was watching them on YouTube to see Coach Adam and to those athletes. And I just visualized me that I will train with them one day, but I don't know when and how, but I, I believe it, it was possible. So now this is, I am so grateful for this opportunity to train with them. And they, like, when you train with people that um, were the champion in this sport, they bring your ability to try your best. To, they push you to get to that next level. And this is what I want. When I was in Egypt, I was looking for someone to race with me so I can, we have this competitiveness so we can, I can get better. And now I have everything I need to succeed. When you go to practice, what is your objective? Do you look at like a Susanna Scaroni or somebody like that and say, okay, I'm going to chase her as much as I can? Or, or how, do you, how do you approach your practice? Yeah, I see, I see them going so fast. And I tell myself, okay, Hoda, like, like it's a start point for you. Just keep calm and just try strive and try to be like them you will not catch them in one week or one month it needs practice they have been practicing wheelchair racing for so long and but if you just kept working hard you will be you will reach to that level just keep working but it's a starting point for you just keep working hard do you encounter the frustration at all of of thinking, oh, they're so far ahead of me, I'll never catch them. But are you you just that works on a day-by-day -day basis, this idea of like just keep working hard and you'll get closer and closer. Yeah, no, I haven't to get frustrated. This is something I have been dreaming to to train with those people for so long. How this frustrates me, this encourages me, this like helps me to get better, to brings out my ability. And uh, this is something uh, until now, I can't imagine that I'm here training with them, see them in person. So they motivate me. This something has motivated me to, to change myself, to try to be like them, to strive every day, step by step, until I get to that next level. How are you, so, so effectively, like, where are you living in the U.S.? How are you, you you've come over here and... Mm -hmm. And are, are you still working in a grocery store? How are you? How are you supporting yourself? How are you living? How are? How does that all work? Because sometimes that's the hardest part. Yeah, here in the U.S., when I came here, a coach Carlos Molida family helped me to stay here, and they find a place for me to stay in. Joanna and Susie and Nina, like they gave me a life-changing opportunity when they having me come here and meet Coach Adam. You're here for racing. You're here to follow your passion, to follow your purpose. What else have you enjoyed? I mean, sometimes you're talking about learning English. I know a lot of people have learned English by watching television. Yeah. Have, have you learned English by watching television or by watching movies? And, and what has worked for you? Yeah, I, I learned English by watching wheelchair racing all the time. <laughs> all the time, all day long. I watch the champions on YouTube. I watch the Paralympics and all of that in English. And this helps me to memorize some words related to my sport. And this helps me to improve in my English too and communicate with my teammates. So I learn English by wheelchair racing. I think everybody in the audience will agree that your English is really is really great. I mean, this is this is really very impressive. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. And it's not all just wheelchair racing, I don't think, because <laughs> it sounds like you're able to hold a conversation about other things that are not necessarily just well, wheelchair racing. Yeah. And you said you said also that this was the first time that you'd ever seen snow yeah. in person. What was that experience like? It was so exciting for me to see snow for the first time because in Egypt, we have 
hot weather and it's always warm and dry. So it never gets below zero in Egypt. So here is very cold, but I love it. I love it and I won't stay here for a long time. <laughs> and when I saw snow, I was so excited to see snow and I took some picture of me and I sent it to my family and they shared my the excitement with me. Yeah. Does your family think that you're a little bit crazy that you like cold weather? No, they they know that I will like everything here because they have been dreaming to come here for three years. So they know that they will love everything. They are so happy for me. So how does this work in the next steps? You talked about you've done the half marathon. You're going to do a full marathon. I assume you're going to start racing on the track as well. Yeah, I have a competition on. I had a competition here on the track last month. And I competed uh, in the 100 meters and two and four. And um, I got new personal record. Thank you for Coach Adam and my teammates that helped me to get better. And also I have uh, another competition next month, Fast Cal in June 2nd. And I'm so excited to see how, how well I will do. And it sounds like that you're working on sprints now, 100, 200, and 400. Yeah. But it also, from talking to you, it seems like that you are more drawn to the longer distances. So will yeah. you go from the, the shorter distances to the longer distances? What's the plan there? Yeah, I'm just Coach Adam now that I'm trying to coach me on the sprint. So when you go to a marathon, you need also to be a good sprinter. So we developed this, and also from there, we can develop the long distance. So it all, all come together for you. So when you train for sprints, when you train for long distance, it all come together when the time comes. When the time comes, you have to develop that speed. And obviously, to, there, there is a marathon at the Paralympics, but... There are yeah. also a variety of other events, and I would imagine that you probably would want to do other events in addition to just the marathon. Is that part yeah. of your plan too? Yes, because my plan is to go to the Paralympic and represent Egypt. So I wanna, honestly, I wanna do compete in all events. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds big, but this is my dream. I, I like, <laughs> I dream to have all of that. And so we will see what's going to happen. I'm just trying to push myself hard and challenge myself. And uh, we'll see what's going to happen. We'll see. Yes, this is, it, I mean, I think that anybody, it's funny, you keep saying that you dream big. But yes. I, it, it all seems to make sense. So 100, 400, 800, 1500, 5000, the marathon seems like a perfectly, a, a perfectly logical schedule for you at the Paralympics. Have you, have you set, I'm imagining that Paris would be a little bit of a challenge at the uh -huh. moment, 2024, but it's probably not completely out of no. reason. Is that what you're thinking? Or no, I think, uh, I um, I will not be prepared by next year. I need to train more with the team here. And maybe next Paralympic, I will be ready. Yes, for sure. Not next, maybe. Because next Paralympic, I will be for sure ready. So 2028 in LA is really the target. It's a realistic goal for me. That's the goal. But I'd imagine for me and... For those people who are listening right now that I don't know it, that it's out of the realm of possibility that the Paris might sort of happen if it does. How uh, how old would you be in L.A. in 2028? Uh, I think I would be 37. Now I'm 33. 33. OK. Mm -hmm. OK. Yeah. OK. Which is which is certainly is certainly not too Months. old. And, you, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. still young. Yeah, yeah, I'm still young. I look very young. I know that. You look very young. You have a really young spirit as yeah. well. So I think that that would be something that would 
that would benefit you. What's the thing that you've learned the most from being around other athletes and other coaches? Because I'm feeling like, I mean, this is the funny part. I feel like you probably are teaching them a lot too. You probably don't realize that. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that I learned is that uh, you just keep pushing and keep working hard and have passion and sacrifice for it. And at the same time, have fun and enjoy the journey. Yeah, so you can continue. You don't want to stop. So make sure you have fun and you love what you do so you can reach to the top this way. And also love everything about your journey, whether yes. it's snowing out, whether it's raining out, whether it's yeah. really hot and sunny and humid Everything. or whatever, or windy. You get a little bit of wind you yeah. know, as well. Yeah, when the, the wind here is very strong. What <laughs> helps me, it helps me to build more strength. Yeah. Exactly. I want to change gears just a little bit if we could because we do a little thing with like five five little questions that that are that that are that are different you know that are just a little bit different a little bit shorter we try to do it in 5 minutes so quicker little questions and the first one for you is coming to the US what is the food that you have fallen in love with, the American food. Is there anything that you've fallen in love with here? Pizza. Pizza. Yes. And what do you have on your pizza? Cheese. Cheese and vegetables. Cheese and vegetables. Okay. Yeah. And is there any, because you're in Chicago, so that's that's the thick crust pizza, right? Is that yeah. is that what you like? Yeah, I like it. Yes. I love it so much. Yeah, that is great. And you are, I mean, you're separated from your family by a lot of distance. Yeah. Do you, do you have any ritual with your family, anything that you do with your family to keep yourselves feeling like you're still close, even though you're separated by a lot of distance? Yeah, I talk to them each day. I talk to my mom each day when I'm going to my training. I talk to her and she encourages me a lot and supports me all the time. Oh, yeah. That is great. How do you how do you unwind? What's the is there anything that you do to relax or do you not relax? I relax being here and being trained for wheelchair racing in the best place. This is something very relaxed for me. <laughs> like this is I enjoy everything and support. So everything I do for relaxing or anything will be related to wheelchair racing. So relaxing and spend time address, talking to my teammates about nutrition, get some advice about equipment. Yeah, and I feel happy to do that. The relaxing part is being in the right place to yes. do what you're supposed to do. Right. Correct. Yes. I feel like this question is probably a question that everybody who's watching is thinking as well. So if they were to do a movie about your life, yeah, who would play you? Uh, sorry? Who would be the actor? Who would be the actor? That would play you. I don't know. I don't know. I, me. You would do it yourself. Yeah, but this would have to be like you as a, as a child to you now. To you. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. And the thing is, your answer of me probably makes the most sense because at the moment, I'm not sure if I can think of anybody who could really do you justice. So, so this probably makes more sense that it would be that it would yeah. just be you. So so maybe you'll have to work on your acting skills as well, in addition to your wheelchair racing skills. Uh, <laughs> okay. One more. What 
is, well, you know what? That sounds like it's probably pretty similar. This is, this is the question I want to ask is who inspires you? Inspires me? All the champion, all of the champions in wheelchair racing inspires me. And specifically, Coach Carlos Molida inspires me to keep fighting hard until I reach my goal because his life story inspired me a lot to push hard no matter what happens. So he is my role model. I also want to say that when I met him in 2019, I couldn't speak English, but he could understand my dream without me speaking English. So I really thank him for everything he has done for me. To continue to push hard for your dream, but also to be generous as well. And I think he's such the embodiment of, of both of those things, which I think you are as well. What What's going to be, what's going to be, you know, I, I want to say what's next for you. I know that there's the track meet next. I know that there's the, the marathon next, but do you, do, do you feel like, and you're thinking that LA is 2028 as, as the Paralympics, when does it, when does it, does it, does it already make sense? Are you, you're on your path and you're reaching your goals? Is that kind of the way that you feel right now? Or is it still a big, like a reach to get where you want to go, to get to the point where you're, I mean, you're going to do Chicago, which is a major marathon, right? Yeah. But yes. to get to the point where you want to win a mm -hmm. major marathon. It, yeah. Is it all, this is really cool just to see how the incremental steps are working for you. Do you feel like you are on that path and you're confident that that, that path is the, is the way that it's going to go, even though you have really big dreams? Yeah, I, am, I feel I am in the right path now and I feel I am so close to realize my dream as I'm training here at the best place in the world. So nothing is impossible and I'm already in the right path and I will reach to my goal soon, not, not that far. Yeah, I was dreaming when I was in Egypt to have those dreams and it didn't make sense considering my circumstance that I don't have proper equipment, I don't have anything in Egypt, but I had hoped for all of that and I, and nonetheless, I believed it was possible. And now I am here. I achieved one of my dreams to train here. So the next will follow as I'm here. Looking at it from the outside, I think you've done a couple of things that are really important. One, you've created a support system, a great system where you, where you know that you're getting coached by the best people, the people who know exactly what you were supposed to do. But at the same time, the persistence that you've demonstrated to get here, to be creative, to find a way to train, to look at all those times that people said you can't as an inspiration to move forward and do, do more. That to me, looking at both of those things, you have all of the elements to be successful. So you were confident I feel very confident that the success is just going to build on itself. So thank you so much for being a beacon of hope for the people in Egypt, but for everybody you touch as well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And just, I look forward to meeting you in person and maybe I'll get to meet you when with with Carlos at the same time that that would be that would be a total treat so let's see if we can make it happen yeah I hope to see coach Carlos again in person yeah I hope you need can. to see him in person that's for sure we'll work on that exactly wonderful well thank you so much and thank you to all of you for tuning in I hope that you enjoyed your time with us as we always say the greatest gift that you can give us is to tell your friends tell your friends to tune in to like us to follow us please subscribe and we will continue 
to bring you great content. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.